it jazzy or is it? It's incredibly jazzy. Perfect. I love a good jazz. So there's your cold open. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Tower After Hours podcast. Um, Live from Tower Marketing. Um, New conference room table. Oh, we are on a new conference room table. Um, So (laughs) no more renovation noise in the background. Um, All of that is done and we're at a brand new table. Um, and celebrating our new space. Um, and new employee, and I new guess. employees. My child's stealing my thunder. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I was, gonna, I was I like, Kelly, that renovation noise plays directly into my topic. <laughs> Forget that this is Kimmick's first podcast, and let's just go with my article. I'm doing the people's work. Yeah. Um, so, hi, I'm Kelly, and joining me for the podcast today is Haley. Hello. And Kimmick. Hello. And Alyssa. Hey. And... Mike Shaw. Hi, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> that was a pain. Yeah, that's serious. <laughs> he missed um, the renovation noise. So we were discussing before we started recording that this is Kimmick's first time joining the Tower After Hours podcast. And as um, a bit of hazing, we're going to put him on the spot and let him be the first oh, topic today. So mean. Okay, cool. Um... So, obviously, this is my first one, so I might have gone a little bit too deep into this, but that's good that I'm going first, because I can use all your We don't like overachievers yeah. I yeah. just, I have, I have multiple <laughs> friends. So, <laughs> yeah. No. So, one of the things I noticed, um, and this is a recent article um, about how Gmail now has a dark mode on Android. Hallelujah. Oh, Okay, and that's great. I have and lots of great. feels. Okay, I'm glad you, you have lots of feels. job while you're talking. You've really brought the people feels. together. So this has been like a trend because Slack just came out with the dark mode for yep. desktop. Yep. Uh, obviously, aware. iOS was last year, maybe the beginning of this year, uh, has their dark mode as well. Um, and a lot of people love it because it reduces eye fatigue is the claim. True. So here's the thing. It doesn't. It doesn't. Damn it. I Sorry. did some research. <laughs> I didn't even hear what you said. Okay. Said the D word. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I don't really disagree with you because it hurts. That's the thing. So, so I think the big thing that a lot of people say is like that. Obviously, it's dark and makes the con- it flips the contrast. Yeah. Um, in a research study, I think this is back in twenty thirteen. Um, a bunch of people with names that I probably won't try to pronounce for fear of embarrassment. Uh, they did a lot of research on this because it was when sort of. You have to remember back in the day when, like, you know, I don't think Haley will remember this. Wow. Uh, as youngest person young. in town. Uh, you remember that DOS screens You're used hired to be again. white <laughs> on black. Um, or orange on black. Or, or, or green or, or green a disgusting black, yeah. color. Um, and the reason why we switched back to what was considered uh, the natural way was that dark text on white was to obviously resemble paper. But it was because of the research that had been done um, that actually proved that eye strain was increased when you actually tried to read white letters on a black background. And this was confirmed in this, I believe, 2013 study. Um, let me see if it's got a good quote here. Uh, Except in extraordinary situation, dark mode is not easy on the eyes in any way. Uh, the human eyes and brain prefer dark on light, so the standard way. Um, and reversing that forces them to work harder to read text, parse controls, and comprehend what they're seeing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in this study, they basically had people look through all this information on white on black displays and basically see how long it took them to, I think they were given like a certain point of text and they had to read it and write it down. Uh, it took them longer on average. Um, and they trained, they uh, had the cameras on everything to actually read the uh, pupil dilation. Mm-hmm. And it fluxed more when you're trying to comprehend white on black text. 
Um, and this is what causes eye strain is the, the, the your literal muscle of your iris moving more. If my um, mat is out while it's dark mode, me. <laughs> So I'm upset. It's interesting. I'm legitimately Yeah, because... Why does it feel so good to look <laughs> at a black screen? Okay, look. Look at my phone. I made everything black, right? So did I. Right? I, made, I took a black picture and made my black picture the background you know for you know everything. What? If it feels, no, look, if, if look, it feels if it's, wrong, it's, it's I want black. it to be right. It's all dark and everything. It feels good. So, so... Here's the thing, and this is this is not any of the research, this is my personal opinion, because I too like dark mode, I think it works better for me. Um, they did do the studies too, because a lot of people are like, oh yeah, but those studies, like, you were in a well-lit room, and like, that contrast is weird. They did the studies as well, like, in a dark room, it's just as straining. So really, it's, it, it's, a, it's a mixed bag, because here's the actual list of pros that, you know, most of this is marketing, we are in marketing, so you know. There's a, a grain of truth to them, but also, you know, we know how to inflate things. Um, but it us uh, here. The benefits are allegedly saves energy. I think the actual math on that was negligible. You'll get an extra two seconds out of your battery. Oh, you know, that way. I mean, that um, it says improved eyes. readability of text, but in the same line as that, it's not ideal for longer forms of text. So it's more readable, but you really shouldn't read a lot of it. So, like, if you're reading your Kindle or something and you put it on dark mode, don't do that. Um, but the other benefit would be your eyeballs are going to fall out of your head. <laughs> Don't do that. Your um, eyeballs are going to fall out of your head. No wonder it hurts. <laughs> Apparently, there's less flicker in dark mode. I don't think that's an issue now with screens being OLEDs and LEDs. Like yeah. that's, that's not going to happen. Uh, the biggest argument, though, for dark mode is that it's less blue light. Uh, which you know that's the big yep, yep. blue light. Shaw is very everything. familiar. Very familiar with um, that. But here's the thing. I don't have them here. Your screen is advertising for Gunner. Yeah. I got my blue optic glasses, <laughs> computer glasses. As we yeah. call him, Gunner.com. His pink-colored glasses because <laughs> that's so it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I'm just kind of curious. Um, the, the biggest argument here is that evolutionary, you know, always bringing back to how did humans develop their eyesight? The idea that. In the normal environment, you see a dark object on a light background, and that's just naturally how your eyes work. Okay, I have to call, not you, Bulldaz, but I'm calling them Bulldaz. I lived in Zimbabwe, okay? I did not have sunglasses, and we wrote on white paper. <laughs> and we didn't have... Did you write no, with mud, or did you write with <laughs> No, but we wrote outside. And the problem with that was my eyes would hurt so badly. We also had white uniforms, so blue shirts... White shirt, white hat. If you're outside, you couldn't look at your mates because it was so freaking bright. So what what do you do? You put dark sunglasses uh -huh. on, or you darken the the uh, whatever the, the the ratio of light and dark. So I'm telling you, it hurts my eyes when mm -hmm. it's bright. I, I'm, my body's telling me something. Listen, <laughs> I don't know how you're working in these kinds of environments. Your eyeballs hurt. Your coccyx is in pain. How how do you come to work every day? It's it's tough conditions. You're it's it's hot in here. Like the temperature is just it's bad for you. It's just bad. It's uh, bad. Here's a fun. I number. appreciate your dedication to Tower because you love what we do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Can we stop fun number? Fun number here. Oh. While most people did claim it felt better. It took them twenty percent longer to, to finish a task. 
So it might feel better. Do you want it done longer or do you want it done right? I'm it's, about doing it right, but that means longer. Uh, okay with that. You can work more sustained though, right? Like yes, it's twenty percent slower, but you don't have to take breaks. So yeah, about pacing yourself. Oh, there's so many feelings. It's very interesting, and I. That's not the direction I thought the article was going to go. Because I'm going to tell you this: I too have made the switch to everything dark mode. I too use a Google Chrome filter to take the blue light edge off. And I am angry the fact that Android is the only, like, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Oh, three out of Fun fact, Google uh, Keep on a browser now has dark mode. And when I saw that yesterday, I thought, please let this be the day that Gmail yeah. is yeah. now offering me the capability. Yeah. It has not. I'm upset about it. And that's how I feel. Yeah, I I boycott. What I'm gonna say is iPhones are behind and Google Pixel forever. Well, I'm just saying my, October fifteenth. Yes, we'll see some good news about my the Google Pixel. Turns on every day I need to get a new phone. I'm like three Pixel. series behind. I'm a little. I wish it was. Yeah, I have the three and I love it. And I, my nightlight thing turns on every day at ten. I can turn it on or off. I've still got the. This well. is the. What is it? Uh, seven. S5, seven. Mm, A7. Yeah, A7. That's what I have. Really? Yeah. I don't know. I've done before this. I think we're digressing. Dark side. <laughs> Speaking of dark side. Um, so yeah, no, I just thought that was really interesting because again, like everybody's been, been glorifying dark mode and everything, and for good reason. Very. Because that's also what I found in this article. I'm like, sweet. I'm gonna talk about how cool dark mode is, and I did research. Which it I'm is. Like, wait. Cool. I mean, it looks cool. And that's feels that too. My eyes tell me it feels good too. I feel like a developer when I use dark mode. Um, they do say people who use dark mode have less chance for photophobia. Which is sadly not the fear of light. It's uh, I don't know. You go, you go out in sunlight and your eyes actually start to water. Mm, yeah. Um, the oh. using a lighter screen will cause that more often than the darker screen. Um, so yes, it might be more fatigue, but it's not harming so it looks your like eyes. You're crying. All the time. Yeah, looks like you're always crying. So. Or you're just always crying. Yes. Or they finally let me out. That's the excuse I'm using. I'm saying, oh, I have photophobia. <laughs> so I'm not sad. <laughs> but yeah. Wow, that was well, that was one of the more exciting topics <laughs> that I've been a part of. I'm gonna go yes. turn on my dark. <laughs> in a long time. Not right. Right. Um, how about we, Haley? I will uh, jump right in here. Yes. Perfect. So, I saw an article this week about an unnamed company, and by that I mean Doritos has removed their logo, their name, and everything having to do with them from their entire brand. So they did a sixty. They did. <laughs> this is why I wanted Mike Shaw in this episode. Um, they did a sixty-second TV spot called the Anti Ad, and it's. Kind of like a, it's very millennial. It's lots of like feelings and dancing and that kind of stuff. Um, they showed the bags of Doritos. They're just plain red and plain blue, like literally a solid color. Looks like you could like the paint bucket tool on them. They're solid red, solid blue. Not obviously the ones in the stores, but for the sake of the ad, um, they have changed all their social media handles. They are called the logo oh goes here. Gosh. Is the company oh name now? The logo's been removed. It looks like this now. Uh, just red with the black triangle, and it says logo goes uh, here. It looks like a racist symbol from here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's no, aggressive. It does. It does. That's aggressive, man. Does red, white, and black are not the yeah, colors to use. Get your glasses in. on. Just pull this back in. Where's your pea-colored glasses, man? You can't see that with the blue Gunner. white. Gunner.com. <laughs> so, basically, they partnered with an ad agency, and this is what they've come up with, because the whole idea is... The Doritos so iconic that you don't need to see the brand to know what it is. Um, so even when you go on the website, the website is the logo goes here.com. 
And when you go in there in like the navigation, it says what products. Um, and you go down the bottom and it says our products and it says, oh, you already know. So it's that kind of attitude. Like you already know what we offer. You don't need, we don't need to advertise. They said the reason for doing this is because millennials are so used to things like Netflix where there's no ads. So they're used to these experiences that are uninterrupted. They don't have advertising. And so according to one of the articles I read, the title said, Netflix, uh, millennials hate branding, which I think is a very strong claim. I think it was Gen Z. Gen Z, sorry, not millennials, Gen Z. Um, I was going to say, I can't. They're kids, man. You can educate them to like it. Exactly. And so here is my final takeaway that I'll leave you guys with. My argument is this. It may not be the Doritos logo, but it's still a logo. They're just changing it to a new logo. anyone can acquire or use that is Mexican restaurants having, you know, um, I don't know what the food is, but like, you know, the tortillas. Tortillas, yeah, you know, like anything. I mean, hey, show me that. Racist tortillas right there. (laughs) (laughs) That's what it looks like. The only, like, unifying things are the triangle shape and then the red and black. It is absolutely goes against all things branding. Your branding is, you work so freaking hard to acquire it, and now you're just going to change it because someone doesn't like it. Hey, old man, get with the times. Now, you see, see, I... They're not doing this. This is going to last a month, if yeah. that. Gonna back when was the last back- time you actually had a serious conversation about Doritos? Yeah. Will it's this, all just a stunt. Will this come and into the always when there's a get together, it's like, get, just, get Doritos. Which one? Go Ron. It's always like a very serious, serious conversation. It's true. It's true. But... Yeah, yeah you're nodding. Yeah, I know. It's just... just <laughs> Sean is on fire. Yes. So see, I thought you were going to scream in a different direction, which mm. is about like their SEO and stuff because nothing anywhere. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah. That, I thought that was just common like, sense. Your, yeah. your whole website, all your Twitter <laughs> handles, all the social everything media is, is broken. Yeah. You just broke your yeah. brand. Well, I will say the one thing that really I like applaud them for is it 110% with the whole thing. Oh, so yeah. even at the end of the commercial, there's legal text at the bottom and it says something about like, says like copyright free to lay and it's like pretend you didn't see this our legal people are jerks something to that effect like just they really went for it I don't know if I agree with it but they went for it and we're all talking I'm about it I'm on com I'm buying Doritos I'm no. sure they is have it, a big help I'm sure they have a big help I wonder if their com. social handles are though I'll get at Doritos on Twitter there you go that'd be a sick Some handle oops at Doritos.com I want to see if they kept I'm sure they kept them no uh-huh. They did keep the old one. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, how does um, that work? Interesting on there. Interesting. Doritos. Interesting. They, interesting. The article made it sound like okay. completely Okay, plot deleted. twist. So, you're familiar with the Lay's commercial mm-hmm. of how you could submit your photo to put your face, half of your face on the bags. Oh, Have you seen this? The no. commercials where the smile, seen these? the, 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 the smile. Oh, geez, yeah, yes. so there's that where like people basically submitted different smiles. They print them at the very top of the bag. You can it's, hold the bag right below your nose. It's uh, really creepy. And it like cha- it, like you adopt that person's sure. mouth. Wait, it's like yeah. a feed bag? It's, it's like a, they're chip bags. <laughs> you cut it, yes. cut it in half or fold yeah. it. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. So, so it's that, but then if you think about it, like Lay's also has, aren't they the people that have the like name your flavor yeah. Yeah, thing? That, Crowdfunding, that was, like crowdsourcing, maybe this is Doritos' effort of competition. Where do we get to name our flavors? Where do we go to name our flavors? You uh, can submit new flavors. <laughs> okay, because America has awful. <laughs> I was going to say, dude, this is going to be on the... responded. 
Okay, they yeah. need a lot. Oh my gosh. They're really creepy. I just want to know where to add flavors because they do it American like once a year. Yeah. They do it like once a year and well, they release three new flavors. And there's always meme ones of just like people will just like hold down like the D key on the keyboard and like put a funny picture with it and like. Oh yeah, no, because some of the really good meme there's there's uh, some of the ones from previous years were haggis and watermelon. <laughs> uh, we had lamb curry. Chips. Sun dried tomatoes and hummus. Chip, flavored <laughs> chips. It was amazing. Chinese chutney chips. It was not chutney. No, ch- oh, chutney. Hand chutney. Yes. <laughs> Nine-volt battery flavored. Yeah, M and M's mother's spaghetti flavored. Orange juice and orange juice and toothpaste. Oh. Sriracha flavored. Sriracha. Yes, sriracha. No, sriracha. Oh, what's that? I don't know. Oh, here's the best. Uh, so this <laughs> this one 115 times in a row for the Lay's make up your own flavor Doritos flavored. <laughs> now they would just be called. So, so wait, they actually no called it. No. They just called it. They did call it Doritos. I'm just like, like it just not Oh, that that red chip thing. Yeah, yeah they did have to say Doritos. They didn't say the logo here. Sorry, Kelly. But anyway, <laughs> could be competition. Yeah. yeah. So Doritos is doing some. some it's a publicity stunt, and that, that they just want to oh act like they're gosh. fresh when they're. I love it. It's not an ad, but we're gonna make an ad to say that this isn't an ad. I they mean, say it's not an ad, but there was totally an ad buy for it. Yeah. And they totally yeah. sent it out to, to correspondents, yeah. like you know. And articles. same with the logo. They're not really not using a logo. Well, they just have a new logo that just doesn't say Doritos. And here's the thing. I would not have recognized that as, as the Doritos, Doritos logos. Yeah. I, totally forgot I would love for them to do a poll yeah. after this horse up. I feel like I've seen that And then they go and say what was the results of this. Positive or negative. Yeah. I.e. Yeah. confusion. Right. How much is that agency they paid for that idea getting paid? That's what oh, I want to know. Now there's the real trick. That agency is doing it right. Bunch of suckers who an agency talked hey, to. Hey, listen, call Mike Shaw. Go to MikeShaw.com and I'll change your brand for you for free. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take your logo out of everything. And I'll have it ranked number one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do a little uh, research on this and maybe we'll get back to it later in the show. However, I did just see the same people are the ones who did their Super Bowl ads in 2016 and 2017 and they won awards every year for those ads. So people, make, kind of people make mistakes. They did an interactive multi screen music video that you could play with your friends' phones like they're all laying down together. Together, apparently, I'm not sure. They did some things, and they did. They just did the brainless. This is on their website. This okay, is a case study. I mean, they're obviously not going to tell so much they got paid. Well, but yeah. that'd be that. That's that would be truth in advertising, right? That'd be some transparency right there. Jeez. The thing oh, that I'm disappointed in is they still mention that the client is Doritos. Yeah, and, and then at exactly. The end, they, did, they, will, they did it, and then at the end they say special thanks to our amazing clients at, and it's in brackets, and it says redacted. But the case study says it's the Doritos. It says yeah, the Doritos I mean, four times. We commit use, to the bit. It says no logos, no branding. We don't even use the word Doritos. Crazy, right? Truth is, Doritos well, we, is such an iconic brand. So this is relatively recent. They ran out with this, right? Mm-hmm. And they already have the case study up on their site? Yeah. That's more impressive right there. Yeah. There you go. We got your yeah. Yeah, it's a case study that has no it's, <laughs> results. It's not over yet. How can you study yeah. it? Yeah. It's, so it's more of a launch. Yeah, it's it aired for the first time at the MTV Music Video Awards. Ah, so. uh, okay. For Gen Z's. Yeah, sponsors. <laughs> they hate us. <laughs> Does the TV still play music? Estimated $30 million? From 3 to 6 a.m. Do you know what happened? They showed them the, the Gen Z is this chip. 
And all that happened was they got hungry and they didn't know what to do about it because they didn't know where to go. It's mm-hmm. so silly. Well, that was the YouTube comments on that anti Also, they're not old enough to get anywhere by themselves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the YouTube comments are hilarious for it. Oh, the top yeah. one was about, like, this is all fun and games until my grandma calls me because she can't find the Doritos in the aisle or whatever because they were, like, saying they were going to make the bags red and blue. And then every comment below that for the foreseeable future is, wow, what an amazing Cheetos ad. Which <laughs> is just so good. Yeah. I was, if I was late, oh. It's late, so I do this. Frito Lay, whatever. I would be like just pumping out blank yeah. chip bags. Yeah, that would be cool. With, think about the graphic with design. a card in the side that this is Frito Lay. I could see them doing Yeah, but I like, think Doritos and Frito Lay is the same company. Oh, but yeah. sorry. <laughs> see, I also feel like we're just really opinionated being in this area because we're kind of in like the opinionated or, world. Opinionated or right? There's a line here. That's the attitude on There are so many chip options around here. I think we're very critical on our chips right now. All right, well then let's <laughs> wait, 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 Whoa, whoa, whoa. You think there's Martins. a lot of chip, op- a yes. oh, chip options? There's no, us. those are there's not options. Those are just brands of the same bloody chip. No, no, yes. no. Us, her, mate. Those are I'm, all different brands. I lived in yeah. Zimbabwe yeah. and yes. I lived in New Zealand. New Zealand we has know. got you way, told us more, where you okay. way more. It's New Zealand count. <laughs> we talked about writing on paper with mud. We know where you are. <laughs> <laughs> all I'm saying is that the next podcast should feature an ASMR chip eating contest Ooh. in which we taste test all, like, I don't know, barbecue chips? Barbecue, the weekend. Martin's. 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 Also, it's pronounced Middle's War. We have to remember that. There is an A in there. Martin's leaves a weird film in your mouth. We can't be friends. Because they have no flavor. I'm not going to be on this podcast. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> they have no flavor. It's just film. It's just fat it's just <laughs> and just water and like oil. Fat salt. <laughs> just waiting to get to the chips. Like, there's no potato with this. <laughs> <laughs> what chip flavor is your favorite? I like the fat salt kind. Yeah. Really fat salt. I was very really disappointed going to the States <laughs> because I thought, oh, it's so big. And every country I go to, the chips get better. Came here to like a huge population and the chips were just like... There are so Very many interesting niche things like that. They're like, is it Kit Kat that's huge in Japan? And they yeah. have like yeah. Oh, yeah, like wasabi flavors. Yeah. Like, like even it's America. I mean, Why don't we get that? You got nothing here. Like we don't like choices. What do you mean I'm not an entitled millennial? <laughs> <laughs> Why don't we have this? Just jump on Amazon. Okay. Alright. Okay. <laughs> Another spirited conversation. <laughs> um, Mike Shaw. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna pass this over to you because um we were talking about Doritos and the ad buy that went into no ad, and I think that's gonna tail in very nicely with your marketing budget conversation. Oh good. Oh, I changed my topic. Oh my god! Oh. <laughs> I'm just oh. kidding. Oh. <laughs> okay. So, um, you know, I set you up. I <laughs> you was, knocked me down. I was looking at obviously what topics could I bring to this and. Obviously, marketing related, and the one that I was seeing over and over again, which was kind of frustrating me, which, which was how much mo- how much of a marketing budget should a company have? How much marketing budget should I allocate? What percentage of my budget should be marketing spent on marketing? And I felt like that was such a vague like question. I was like, well, what are you wanting to do? And a lot of these people, instead of asking about what they're trying to achieve working from the end backwards. They're just saying, I've got this amount of money, do something with it. And I feel like a lot of the clients that we get, it's not, not, not knocking them, but I'm just saying sometimes they, they come in and just like, I've got this much money, do something with it. And then mm-hmm. 
and not sure about what they want. Uh, the expectations aren't quite there. And so I liked what, um, over and over again, this figure just was reappearing. And they said, if you are you know, a company, especially startup, you know, five years or younger, anywhere between 12 and 20% of your gross revenue mm -hmm. should be spent on marketing, which I thought was a lot, especially at that stage, because you probably don't have a lot of money, so it's quite a big portion. But if you are a larger company, or not, not larger, if you've been around and more, you're more established, mm -hmm. you can spend anywhere between 6 and 12% of your gross revenue. And that's very scary for a new company to yeah. look at that number and realize so it might all be for nothing. <laughs> backwards. So the younger the company, or the what's established, it's a higher mm -hmm. wow, yeah. okay. they need that makes, I guess they would need it more than yeah. established. But yeah. if you think about it, their revenue as a as an older company is probably higher. So a smaller percentage could. does make up a bigger sure. chunk. This is sure. why she's our AE, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. Yes, but it, I, just, I don't Insert know what you flip. think about that. Is it Should it just be a percentage, which I don't mm. quite agree with, or should it be goal-driven? Like, what are you trying to achieve? I, think I can tell you both. that how much... It's both. Oh, you see again, he's doing AE of the year. Uh, <laughs> he's been buttering me up all day. Yeah, what do you mean? Like he, wants me on his, he wants me on his side to fix his desk problems. That's what he wants. <laughs> We've had desks for two weeks. Yeah. How do you have a problem already? <laughs> <laughs> That's a chair problem, not a desk problem. <laughs> so anyway, I don't know. What do you guys think? I think, Should... I think the interesting thing is this. If you are comfortable with what you want to spend, but you don't know how to spend it, that's totally fine. Mm -hmm. I actually prefer it. Why? <laughs> because then, okay, so I prefer it, but... I need to know what you want to accomplish. If you yeah. tell me what you want your end goal to be, I can work backwards all day long yeah. for you. Yeah. And you need trust. Yeah. That if you are going to pitch here the 10 things we're doing, that you're not going to be questioned every single step because then it makes it hard to go outside the box and do something different. So if I give you 100 grand and, you know, I take $6,000 or $12,000, it's a, a decent-sized chunk you want to know what you're going to the ROI or what you're going to get out of it if it's worth even doing. Mm -hmm. And I feel like if you're a business owner, do you think you know what you're going to get? So out of your yearly budget to plan, what you're going to do, what you're going to spend, do you know what you anticipate to get back? I think it goes back to the, the um, age of the company. So if I think about a newer company, what was the range like five years or younger? So five right? years or younger is, is uh, 12 to 20%. So like five years or younger, your needs are different. Yeah. Do you have an established brand? Do you have business cards? Do you have letterhead? Do you have a website? Do you have internet marketing? Do you need direct mail? Do you have an established customer base? Like there's so many questions that you can ask and you may be able to get more tangible deliverables because business cards, they're, they're tangible. You can hold them in your hand. But if you've been in business for six plus years where you may be spending six to 12%, you probably have all that covered. And so you, you can reuse it over you can, and over again. You can reuse it, yes. You can reprint it. But does it need refresh? Do you need a brand refresh? Do you need a website redesign? Have you done internet marketing in the past? Do you want to if remove not... your logo and your website <laughs> and your Twitter handle? Right. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, like the the need, it, like budget needs and goals all have to to work together. It's not one or the other. It's I just think not. there's one more factor that I 
that I was reading, and I, I tend to agree with this, how much sales are you hoping to give? Because you still have to, like, if you even if you're in year one, you still have to know how many sales, how much sales you want are projecting for year two, so you know how much yeah. to budget. Mm-hmm. But how many businesses within their first five years do you know are profitable? Not, not most of them are either breaking even or they're still living on a loan from a bank. And or can they like actually project that accurately in any near sense? You know what I mean? Right. Like yeah. you can be like, yeah, I hope we make a million dollars next year. But like, yeah. don't really have that good of an idea when you haven't done anything yet. And then I, I always look at him. I mean, twelve to twenty percent is, or in six to twelve percent. Yeah, it depends on your revenue, but I guess it's also what type of marketing you're doing. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, you have to have hopefully over like six years, you figure out what type of marketing works. But not all marketing is effective, i.e., Doritos removing their logo. <laughs> promise That's you. That's what not, you think, but no, you know what? I I've promise been you. in Doritos in my mouth this whole time. I'm going to go buy some. So. You're not going to know where to go or where. You're going to look at all these empty, uh, like empty <laughs> labels and you are like, where, where? Yeah. And then you can take something else. The other, thing, okay. the other thing I'd add to that is I think you're very right about the older you are, the more knowledge you have because there's a difference mm-hmm. in saying our goal is make a million dollars. Or our goal is to foster our higher buying com- or our higher higher buying customers. Uh, you know, find ways to upsell our lower buying com- customers into more premium customers. Like, yeah. if you have an actual strategy, right. we can do a lot with that. If it's just, I don't know, I want to make more money. Okay, great. Well, then the first step is going to be strategizing to figure out how you're going to do you're that. You're just trying to grow. Yeah. You're trying to get your yeah. brand out there. Right. And, I mean, the return yeah. on a brand is not always the same as a return mm-hmm. on a product. Yeah, and exactly. The number of times that we have meetings, discovery meetings with new clients, and Alyssa says, So, what are your goals for this year and five years from now? So many companies just Blank. say, Sell more. Yeah. Okay. Anything else? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I feel like right, some people so don't even you know, have goals for yes, themselves. You're yeah. right. But conversely, so, you know, Sean and I have heard this a lot. You know, we work with clients for years which is great it helps us understand what they do and their pain points and their customers pain points like it's there's a huge advantage but you wouldn't believe how many times we sit down at the table and have the conversation of great what are your goals for next year Mm -hmm. and it can't just be more sales because we're already doing that you wouldn't believe how many people look at us and be like yeah like yeah we have a new product line coming out or we have a new like sector of business that we'd like to push but other than that everything's pretty much the same so like also think about like what is that what's that period or range of reinvention mm-hmm. yeah. reinvention good word I mean like if you think about it like think about tower ourselves right so three of us in the room have been here for anywhere between five to seven years and I feel like we've reinvented ourselves time and time again like you mean you know, you're not still doing social media <laughs> <laughs> but like not even as individuals yeah. but like you know the way that Shaw and I were doing content before Kelly came on board is not how we do content today. The way that I was doing social media seven years ago is not how we do social media today. The way you do SEO, yeah, the principles are there, but you, there are so many new facets, right? So like, you know, we have to reinvent ourselves as the business needs change. And I think that, I think that plug for agency is coming. I think that's the advantage to working with someone externally because yeah. we can sit here and say like, hey, you haven't reinvented yourself yet this year. Mm-hmm. What is that? Or how can we make whatever you do even better? All those goals are a little vague. How do we drill down a little right. further? Right. So I'm going to ask a question to you and Keely. If 
you met with a, a, a new client, prospective client, and you were going to ask them, you know, what are your what are your goals? What are your how much money do you want to put aside for marketing? What what would be like a great answer? For how much money? Yeah, like how much they should how much they should allocate or budget or, or consider spending. It depends on what they do. It depends on what they sell. Um, I've got clients that I put budgets together for, and I do four different budgets that span. So what, what causes the span? The span is how much we can accomplish. So we don't we uh, frame it to the client as like a safe we do this in design, yeah. right? A safe option and a super aggressive option. And we can basically, we always start with the aggressive option because it's easier to peel off mm -hmm. than it is to add. So in the aggressive space, I can recommend a new advertising medium. So for example, like we had a client who always did billboards. Mm -hmm. If you've ever done billboard buying, it's uber expensive. <laughs> It's uber expensive. I mean, you can't really change your, your message all mm -hmm. that much, even though there's digital boards now. But if we think about for what they're spending in four months' time for billboards, we can do a full year of advertising with Waze. Mm -hmm. That's a no-brainer. It's mm -hmm. a no-brainer. It's and a new it's initiative. It's trackable. We have control over it. We can change it. We can, we can offer value-added elements. Or we can say, yeah, this isn't, we tried it, it's not a good investment. It, it's, it's, a, it's an inexpensive way to hit the same market of people, just in a different medium. Do you think um, marketing, determining the size of a marketing budget is determined um, also upon the industry that you're in? Yes. Could you go for that one? <laughs> <laughs> To a degree, you're really poaching me for all Are of my Are you trying to take my job? Yeah. yeah. I... Oh, sorry. Not no, no, joking. No. <laughs> I'm the facilitator. <laughs> um, okay. So let's take a Doritos or thou shalt remain nameless. Let's take the logo nameless... The, the, yeah, the nameless logo company, right? They're a national brand compared to Mean Cup across the street, mm -hmm. which is a local brand. Their market, they both should be doing marketing, perhaps they're doing the same marketing, but in different budgetary spaces. Mm -hmm. So like there's a lot of things that can impact budget. It can be frequency, it can be size of whatever you're doing, like quantity of whatever the deliverable is, like you can really scale anything to, what's, to what you need it to be. Um, the key to size is what tactics are best based on, again, what are your goals? Mm -hmm. So if you think about it, the logo list brand and mean cup do not have the same goals. Mm -hmm. They just don't. They're in, they're different businesses at the same time. They, they both provide essentially a food product. Yeah. I mean, that's even because like a mean cup and a Starbucks don't even have the same. No, they, they don't. Yeah. Exactly. They don't. Same, yeah. Objectively, the same thing. Now, they sell coffee. However, could Mean Cup do some of the things that Starbucks mm -hmm. does? Absolutely. Yeah. Mean Cup cups are white. Mm -hmm. yeah. Starbucks. What was that? Like two years ago, they had people designing the on the cups, drawing Doodles, on the yeah. cups. Yeah. 
Mean Cup could effectively do the same thing. Now, there are costs that come into that, that Mean Cup mm -hmm. has to weigh as a small business. That's objectives. Right. But, you know, whether or not, like, Mean Cup is involved with, um, what's that, um, like, Day of Giving, what is that, in oh, November? Gift. Extraordinary Give, right? Like, the official coffee pro caffeine provider of the Extraordinary Give. It has a huge impact because of how many people they hit and because they're so local. They've got two locations. People know who they are. Like if you think about that, like it, it's not it's not necessarily apples to apples. Yeah. That is an interesting point too, in terms of like even if you are in the same industry niche, just say we're talking like not that I want to put Dunkin' and Starbucks on the same, but they operate in the same national situation, whatever. Being number two in an industry, your advertising budget is going to look very different than being number one or being number five. Right. So knowing where you sit there, I think as well. Obviously, just because you're first, that doesn't mean you don't have to pay anything. Right. But I'm sure that like I'm like another example, like Apple and Samsung, their tactics for selling phones are different because they're in different positions within their own market. So right. whoever's in second has to work their butt off to. So take it a step okay. further yeah. and take that first, second, third into a PPC space, right? Yeah. We know we can be positioned too yeah. and spend significantly less. Yeah. So but we're okay. Do you, yeah. Do you want to come in We're okay with that because we can get more mileage out of our budget by right. being in position two and still getting as much um, real estate, essentially. Yeah. Oh, this got really serious, didn't it? Right. Yeah. Oh, look at you. Really Dude, you ask my opinions, I'm going to give them to you. <laughs> we're we're going to give Alyssa a little more of the spotlight. So if you've been following Tower Marketing on Instagram, you may have heard once or twice or a hundred times that we are renovating our offices. You and say. Alyssa mm -hmm. is going to tell us, some share some insights on what that might mean for us. <laughs> it's not over with yet. Um, so I always find it difficult to find an article for these things because as an AE, I don't have a lot of like specialty necessarily, right? Like, you know, if you're a social media person, like you're kind of drawn to social media topics. Well, in my world, it's like, oh, do I talk about budgets? Communication. <laughs> do I talk about communication? Goals. Do I talk about life in general? So anyway, so the, um, I, the, one of the articles I was gonna bring was about Slack and how threads are underused, but the more I read it, I'm like, I don't feel strong enough about it. <laughs> 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 Do not feel strong enough no, about the feature mm, of an app. <laughs> nope, this isn't doing it for me. So anyway, um, a few down from that was this um, topic about basically just being better. And we all be know, better. be better. Love just that. do be better, be better. Um, and what it says is that basically changing and choosing your work environment um, will cause you to actually do better work. So right now, especially in an agency space, um, we all have different experiences about either like having the flexibility to work from home, having the flexibility to uh, work in a closed office, having the flexibility of what we're in now is working in a very, very open office. And the, right, the, the like pros and cons of that. Um, so the, the article kind of starts off, um, and it has examples weaved basically all the way through it. Um, so there was the, there was a researcher who was working like, I don't know, 16 hours a day on finding a solution or finding a sol yeah, solution for the polio vaccine. 
couldn't find it, couldn't find it, worked on it for years and continued to be at this dead end. So he one day just decided to go to a monastery um, and basically just reinvent himself. There is a really great book. Don't ask me the name of it, but Kelly will link it. Um, there's a really oh, it's like it if you don't know the name of it. It is called The Servant. I encourage you to read it. I have a copy if anyone here wants to be my friend and promise to return it. Um, so it's also on Audible. That's how I listen to it. Um, sponsored. But um, the the uh, person in it literally went to a monastery to become a better leader and to take their. Um, morals and values and apply them in a professional setting. So anyway, um, to go back, so uh, this person retreated to a monastery and literally as soon as he got there and was there for even just a short period of time, he immediately felt inspired and came up with the polio vaccine or at least the first first iteration. Absolutely. Um, So basically what the article goes on to say is like not everyone can retreat to a monastery in Italy, but based on the type of work that you need to do, there are different areas that you can go. Um, So one thing that it says is essentially if you want to promote collaboration, work in a home. So the people, I've never heard of this show, but it's a show called Atlanta. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. So the Atlanta writing team rented a house. I don't know if it's like an Airbnb style. Yes. Yeah. They rented a house and basically were just having off-the-wall conversations. So they would sit on the couch, they would eat pizza, they would just live in that environment and took a lot of that as inspiration for their script. Um, uh, The the banter and raw conversation that they were having. Um, Another example is, so if you need to focus, um, work in an isolated space. So recently, I had the pleasure... (laughs) and pain of basically documenting and writing and working through all of Tower's processes, every single process that we use on a daily basis. What I found was I couldn't do the work of writing that while I was here because it was such deep work mm-hmm. that I couldn't focus and get into to an internal space to actually create that. So J.K. Rowling, when she was writing Deathly Hollows. Uh, basically was at her house trying to finish the book and she like the window cleaner came and the kids came home from school and they wanted a snack. She's like, I just, I'm, this is a waste of my time. And she went and rented a room at a hotel in Scotland and basically finished the remainder of the book Mm -hmm. and continued to go back ever since. Um, I'm trying to get on Barack Obama's level because when he wrote his first memoir, he literally went to Bali solo for five weeks. Man. So how can I swing that? Get on that level. Um, a few of the other um, examples. Half of my article didn't print, so I have to. Read it. <laughs> uh, if you need to spark creativity, hit the road. So I know for a lot of people here, Absolutely. if they need to have a conversation or they're just brainstorming something, a lot of people like to go take walks and just mm-hmm. the movement and getting outside um, can actually help to spur that. Um, they also recommend that if you're feeling overwhelmed by a never-ending to-do list or confused by the purpose of your project, frustrated with a roadblock that the team is hitting, consider the power of your environment. So when I kind of read through this, I thought, okay, all of us, Wow, it's sort of kind of gimmick. All of us pretty much have experienced what Tower was and in terms of an environment, and now we're experiencing what Tower is now. And I wonder how much of a role that plays. Like, 
do you guys feel, even in the process of transition, so we have desks now. For a few weeks, we were literally working on folding tables. <laughs> like peasants. I'm kidding. <laughs> and I'm just, I, 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 it is interesting to think about, like, what that actually did to our productivity, to our creativity. Like, I feel, so I am one of the people now who's kind of in a little cubicle along mm-hmm. the wall and honestly having a closed in space that's mine works really well for me mm-hmm. but you guys are in an open space in the middle but you kind of you kind of have this structure that lowers your ceiling like so like what what's the experience of the new space so far mm-hmm. i mean just going through the change i remember the that hammering and clanging of, of as they're adding walls and structures trying to communicate with anybody or even being able to think was just impossible. But now that everything's quietened down a bit, having, you know, the ability to just see other people working is, it gets me, um, motivated, encouraged to work harder. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, no, you go. Uh, no, I was just going to say, I know at the, so with the card tables, everybody was two people to a picnic table or whatever. <laughs> Some people worked side by side, some people worked across from each other, and it was just, it did feel very claustrophobic to, I mean, either way you did it, like, I was, like, facing my counterpart, so I always felt like, she was looking at you. Well, like, face to face, like, you know, like, if I would look up to think, I felt like she thought I was, like, staring at her the whole time, or, like, and even when you were, like, a couple people were side by side... Like, it's just, yeah. it was very claustrophobic. I don't, I don't know that I would say it was less productive, but it definitely was. Right. I think yeah. it was harder, like, for me at least, it was harder to focus. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm a paper person, <laughs> if you can't tell. I'm a paper person, and, like, I couldn't spread out. Yeah. I was working in my lap, and, like, I couldn't, I couldn't even, like, put a paper in front of me to type notes from. And it was just, it was super, super difficult. Anytime I bumped the table... I was yes. sharing with Amanda and I'm like, oh, I'm so like, yes. I spent all day apologizing because I was shaking her table. Yeah. So like, it's just, it, it's, I don't know. I, the only kind of two work environments I've ever been in is this open office mm-hmm. setting. And then I literally worked in like a cubicle farm. Mm-hmm. So the cubicle farm, I mean, like it was, it was what it was. You could hear a pin drop. There was, there was collaboration, but they, mm-hmm. they were happening more in, like, closed offices rather than here where it's, like, pretty much can have at least two people talking the majority of the day. Mm-hmm. So, like, I agree with you. I think it's energizing to a degree, mm-hmm. um, but certainly love me some personal space. I think what's interesting from my perspective is obviously I was not here before, so yeah. like my first day, like, they were drilling holes and holes yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. destroying can things, you, and I'm like... take the floor out real quick. Yeah. They are. It's, it's so interesting now because I was, what, three weeks ago, tops? Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, like, trying to think back to that. Like, I think it does feel like people, it was it feels further. a long time ago, but yeah. it also, like, it's in a fog almost. Yeah. 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 And, like, I don't really remember what happened then because you just couldn't <laughs> focus on a single thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for me, at least, like, coming in, like, that's one of the kind of rituals you go through um, when you start at a new place is like you, know, you bring in your desk plan yeah. you bring yep. in your little photos and stuff and it's like I didn't do any of that no. because yeah. this is a temporary desk yeah. and the yeah. final desk is going to come so like it was just so awkward it just felt like every day was just sort of not a restart <laughs> but just like a, okay cool what am I going to start putting my roots in <laughs> yeah. um, so for me it was so satisfying it's like okay hey here's your desk 
you're gonna sit here for the foreseeable future, yeah. start doing things, and like just say we finally. Got I was gonna say we finally got you a plug. Spider nest of treacherous wires around my desk. Keep you from sneaking up on me. I love it. I'm gonna miss it. But no, it's just it's just interesting because like having that. But as you mentioned, I started the same situation. The last place I was at, it was just open. It was yeah. just literally, yeah. we were in a room that used to be batting cages, and they okay. just took everything out and just one big, almost oh warehouse type thing. Yeah. Uh, and that was like, it was almost too much freedom. Yeah. Because yeah. any change you would make would be too small. So yeah. it's like, oh, I'm going to bring in a cool plant. And then, like, you're in this giant warehouse. And I'm like, that did nothing. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then before that, we were in an old bank. And it was like, it was tight. And yeah. the amount of people in that bank, like you were on top of everybody. And it was the exact opposite, where it's like mm-hmm. somebody brought a plant in, and you're like, well, I just lost two cubic centimeters <laughs> on my desk yeah. for your plant. Yeah. And you're blocking all the light with it. So it's just yeah. like, it's, it's interesting. This is like sort of a nice hybrid where it's like, like you said, you can go and focus, yeah. but you can yeah. also talk. So I think it's from the creative side, um, you'd mentioned like, you know, mm-hmm. being in a house or somewhere. For me, as a, like, a, uh, like an artist, I feel like a big problem with being artistic in a professional field mm-hmm. is there's such, when you're in an office or like a really formal cubicle space, mm-hmm. there's no room to play. Yeah. And yeah. you need that as a creative. You need to be able to have bad ideas. Because yeah. mm-hmm. if you don't have that freedom, the good ideas won't come. Yeah. So I think that's what is the nice, being able to talk, being able to joke, being yeah. able to yell out something really stupid. Yeah. Like, that's stupid, but wait, it might spark this idea. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's important in like you said, how like the center yeah. area is lower. Mm-hmm. It's a more intimate thing, but it's, yeah. it's, it's a nice still collab. It's a nice hybrid. So I went to um, a workshop. So one of our clients is an uber, like uber creative. Um, I don't even, I don't even remember what she calls it, but essentially it's like expression through art. Um, so her, a lot of her art is focused more on the grieving process um, and just how people get through it through expressing art. And art can be written word. Mm-hmm. Art could be dance. Art could be painting. Art could be whatever you want it to be. Um, her medium of choice is torn paper. And so she's got these workshops. And in the initial workshop, you literally sit there and you go through your five senses and you take time to like literally almost meditate yourself mm-hmm. and figure out what your most creative space is. Mm-hmm. And then you go around the room and you talk about what your creative space looks like. And for every single person, it's completely different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's completely different. Like some people are like, I have to have a completely empty bladder. Mm-hmm. Other people say, I have to have like the smell of vanilla and fuzzy socks on my feet. And other people say, like, I want to see the beach with my family on it. Other people say, like, I literally want to sit in the middle of the woods on a wooden chair. Like, so it's just super, super interesting to think about, like, every person's creative space is so different. And when we planned this space, like, we were super focused on, like, the ergonomics. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And... accomplishing yeah accomplishing some of the like this people wanted standing desks and how do we do that for everyone and how do we do it for people who don't want to stand all the time that kind of stuff that i'm not sure we ever like we tried to think about how you work in and foster those creative spaces for people that need it yeah other people don't need it well i think it's going to be interesting sort of as we start to settle in yeah um the idea of like how what's like like this is brand new this is out of the box this is your new car it still smells yeah. great but like what does it look like after we settle in yeah it's sort of like the small touch i think that'd be interesting yeah. to see like what we should write a case study now we should yeah. yes. <laughs> let's remove the logo from done. everywhere the we logo took off. away all the desks yes. <laughs> here's what happened yeah. so, but you can still tell it's an office like <laughs> yeah. um so yeah i think it's yeah. really interesting i'll be interested to see like 
what workspaces people settle into. Yeah. So in our old space, like, yeah, we have this conference room, but the only other really other like collaborative space we had was like up front in the reception area. Mm-hmm. Right. Now we have the reception area. We have this conference room. We have everyone's individual desk who has like a pet. There's like a little like eat in bar at the back in like the lunch area. We have a second conference room. Like where will people start to just naturally settle? And I think that's going to be space up there. Yeah. Oh, I have luck. Before I leave, I want to go up there yeah. and see. I, I do not. Yeah. I don't. I think they're. So I'll just around. like a little bit of an office uh, opposite thing is so my husband's company. Um, I would say maybe like um, maybe four years ago they built a whole new headquarters, mm-hmm. like ground up. They built a new headquarters, and my husband is a corporate guy. Okay. He is business. <laughs> corporate so he has for his whole career been in his own office and when they built this new facility no one has an office the ceo does not have an office nobody has an office they have cubes and then they have built many like work areas where it could just be like a one person pod to like a large so if you want to do something privately or you need yeah um and four years later he still hates every minute of it like i love it do not call him at work because he literally does not want to be on his phone interesting so yeah so i mean it's a it's a it's a 180 from the business that we're in yeah but and i to this point he still i love to see that stuff i love it i can kind of understand that so uh when i lived out in portland a while we were in a rented office space so essentially what it was is you had sort of an office, but it was like sort of a room, uh, glass walls everywhere, Ooh. and you had like four desks in it, and you weren't working with the people next to you. Um, and if you needed a conference room, you scheduled it, and like it was the whole mm-hmm. office you had to yeah. fight it with. Um, and the thing that's strange about that, and thing that I didn't like, and I thought I would love it because it's a great open concept. Mm-hmm. You get to kind of like look over and you see somebody working on something you don't even know what it is. But what happened is, is like you can't do. Any, there's no ownership. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel like your space. It feels like you're working out of a hotel, yeah. and like it does. It's not your office ever. And I think you kind of need that because like when you spend so much time in an office, it needs to be. Mm-hmm. I hate to say second home because you know work life balance is super important, yeah. but it becomes your second home. Oh, it is. It yeah. needs to have a certain level of personality. <laughs> and when you're in this space where like you said, like your husband's situation where it's just open to everybody, it's hard to it's hard to claim ownership to anything. Yeah. It's hard to make it yours. It's hard mm-hmm. to feel at ease in it, especially if they're used to something completely different. Yeah. Um, so I, I totally sympathize with that. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I just, I love like going into new, like I like to go to client meetings. So I just be like, what does your space look right. like? See, how are you set up? <laughs> always like the same kind of space though. Cause I've changed. No. So like when I first started, I was in like a dark corner. Again, the <laughs> office furniture that we had, for up until yeah. like what this summer mm-hmm. was poor yeah. <laughs> it was poor and I don't think it helped our situation at all yeah. however at least we had desk to work on yeah. gratitude um, <laughs> but yes I, I think like I again I was lobbying so hard for like you can have like cubes but you can have little like they're on wheels you can literally close mm-hmm. your cube gotcha. because like there are times where I need to have a conversation on the phone. It's not a right. private conversation with a client, but like, I just like need to like close myself like, in. Don't disturb me. Right. Yeah. So I'm actually, that didn't happen by the way. I'm actually pleasantly surprised though, like yeah. how 
closed in, it, it actually does feel, but then it, you're right. Like I can look to my right and any of us can have a conversation, yeah. which I think is super cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I am curious not to hijack the host no. position. No, gotcha. What would <laughs> be like your ideal, like no budget, no, you didn't have to work with anybody in the office right now. Like literally it's like, it's what you would want to help you focus. Like what would be the ideal, um, like a refrigerator. It needs to be cool. If I get hot, I get flustered. <laughs> like like first, what if like those, what angry? if like what you, you know the um, <laughs> the sleep number beds now you can also set yeah. like oh, a temperature. temperature? Like what if your chair is like temperature? You get like a cooling pad Well, can. Stephanie, what about other other issues? Found a jacket that has an air conditioning. Mm. You know, that is connected to your cell phone. And I was like, amazing. Okay, I don't want to like get like thermodynamics. It doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, really? <laughs> Scientifically, I don't think that can work. Yeah. We'll just <laughs> continue to bring you fans. Yeah. yeah. You, have a, you have a window. You just need yeah. a window yeah. unit. That you can build like a little igloo around, around it. it. I laid some hot air. It yeah. I do not. I will have to be moving then. I was gonna say, any of that catches me, I will not be productive. I will gladly join you in your refrigerator because, yes. like, I think being cold, as soon as I feel hot, like, it, it I think it brings up a good point because I would say temperature in the office, mm-hmm. not just yeah. here. I think anywhere you go, temperature in the office mm-hmm. is always a hotly contested yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, and so I think, I think a lot of people would probably say that mm-hmm. a personal Temperature adjustment would yes. be a lot with doing their yes. environment. Yeah. So for me, it's a situation of I can't have one space. I can't say, hey, this is your spot. Stay yes. here. Yeah. I am a, okay, I want to be at my desk in the morning. And then in the afternoon, I want to go, I want to go like sit, like I might go start sitting up yeah. in the front lounge, like sit there on the couch, work there. Yeah. Um, and then in the afternoon, like I'm, I'm also a, I like one big table. So yeah. it's like I have my space, I have a public space, and then like one big table where everybody can work at. And that's sort of how I like to work. And again, doing those phases because it helps to break up the day. It does. And, and we also like to go across the street. Yes. Like for a deep brainstorm or something yep. where we need to like be like, what if Tower renamed itself to Doritos and like have yeah. bad ideas? Like that yeah. would be a cut. Because yeah. like we don't need anyone else's narration on that. Right. We know right. they're bad ideas, right. but we have to get them out to get the yeah. good stuff. Yeah. So like we'll take that. Like when we were doing mm-hmm. a logo yeah. project recently, well, just like, as, what symbol? Take it to Mean Cup. Just this morning, like, we were working on the script mm-hmm. uh, for unnamed client. We don't name clients, right? No. Okay. no. Unnamed client. I'm learning. Uh, unnamed client A. So we're just working on Oh, I thought you were script. making a Doritos joke. Or a client name goes here. They, Full circle. They offer a service. Whether it's not Doritos. Yet. It's yeah, the yeah. other one, you know. Um, so, no, we were just doing script writing. It was like, let's go across the street because, like, we're going to be yeah. not loud mm-hmm. but, like, distracting. And we're yeah. going to say some bad ideas because, like, bad ideas lead to good ideas. Yeah. Um, but, no, for me, again, my ideal space is one that I can move around because then also, like, if I'm doing a certain thing, I need to concentrate. I want to sit on a couch for some reason. Mm-hmm. And I need to be, like, creative and making visuals. I want to be standing. I get that. I want to be um, comfy when I'm, like, in deep work. Right, I'm yeah. Be, like, sitting like, on I don't want to notice that my legs are dangling. I just yeah. sit there on a laptop and just yeah. output productivity. Yeah. Interesting. So my ideal space has changed because when I first started, I was very cubicle. Oh, okay. And I was... Sorry. <laughs> no, it, was, it wasn't really a conversation. I was just thinking of something and I was trying to confirm that it was Alyssa <laughs> that was doing it with me. Sorry. My first job when I knew nothing what I was doing since I got a job that was not really in what I went to school for, I was in a cubicle. It was an old house. The business used to be 40 people and now it was 15. And I literally had like my own room of this size. Sounds great when you're like 21 no. and you're like sick. Uh-huh. I'd hate I that. I didn't know how to ask for help from it. I would literally like slap and be like, um, hi, it's Haley from upstairs. <laughs> um, 
could you come up here and look at this thing? And I needed a lot of guidance because I was new and I was an intern and I felt bad making my boss come up the stairs every 10 minutes, but I couldn't really go down to her either because she wouldn't have the yeah. work. Like, it was horrible. And I was like, I hate this. I want to be an open office. Then I went to an open office and I was like, wow, this is miserable. I can't concentrate at all. Yeah. And now I'm much better. Like, I, the one day that we got to do a little bit of work from home because of the noise. Yeah. So productive. Yeah. So much. And I was annoyed because I was on a photo shoot half the day in the morning. Got like ridiculous amounts of work done. I literally sat in the corner of the couch, had like my dog right here, like yeah. cozy, warm, had snacks ready, had drinks ready, like I'm an ambivert. The best. So yeah. I'm an introvert that likes to be around people. Mm-hmm. So like how I recharge the coffee shop it, introvert. Yeah. 110%. So like how I recharge is like I'll read a book at home and my husband will be on the other end of the couch watching yeah. TV, but we're not in conversation. Yeah. Like that's just I'm I'm completely fine with that because I like to be around people, but I don't like to like shockingly don't like to have a conversation. And it's probably because I have so many conversations all day. Um, so like if I can be at my desk with my headphones in, ironically listening to diner white noise music. Uh, that's good stuff right there. Were you going to about Cafe De Vitro, second floor? Heck yeah. Is your ideal that space. is my place. <laughs> I, was I didn't even know it had a second floor. It does. It has like a little, yeah. it has like two, a landing and then like an yes. upstairs. Yeah. So I, there's no one up there. It's a mm-hmm. bit darker, but you can hear everything. Like it's, it's muffled. So it's mm-hmm. not distracting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All day, now, every day. If, I'm, if I can hear people talking, I thought we're listening to their voice. Mm. Yeah. And I'm like, oh. And it's like, oh, yeah. shoot, there I go. All day, I once every got day. a typing when I heard someone saying. Yeah. And that's like, oh. actually, so that's a question that I'd like to ask you right now because you've been like filling out invites. How many of those? Oh, I told you, yes, I, when she came think, in with them. Multitask. Do you think are just written down what we said? <laughs> uh, none. Okay, that's a amazing I didn't skill. think that, but I was just like, she's going to lose, she's going to be half listening, half writing, yeah. and she's going to like, Spell Lancaster wrong right. like three times. Well, she's really speaking, and she's gonna read someone. <laughs> I am in all <laughs> of your ability to multitask. That is amazing. multitasking. Because you've yeah. not missed a beat of conversation. There's nothing. a sizable stack of invitations. Yes. Separate and switch. I'm always yeah. impressed with like literally be like oh, no, no, this client. So this client yeah. did this today, and it's like immediate. I like often when I'm in the podcast, I have doodled over my entire paper. <laughs> um, this guy. Yeah. yeah, like oh, he's on a whole nother level, but like often, like in this kind of just general conversation, like I'll doodle because I um, am a control freak and I have to be doing something. Mm-hmm. So like if I don't like, yes, this is progress and we're doing something, but I'm not tactically like right. doing anything. Yeah. I'm just like, oh, those invites are sitting on my desk. <laughs> and I consider, like, it probably doesn't look good in these photos that are going to be on Instagram <laughs> later that, like, I'm here writing out. invitations, but, like... Oh, there's folks in the <laughs> Those are the only shot. I'm just going to quick. Yeah. <laughs> the shot. Was tag? I finished. But surprisingly not. I saw Kelly, the last one I wrote, she was trying to stall because I was almost done writing it, and I'm like... Oh, okay, I gotta stop. And then, like, as soon as I was done talking, I went back to finish it, and I saw you watching, and you're like... I could just feel it. I could just feel it. You picked up exactly where you yep. left off. Yep. Yeah. So I'm going to count two, four, six, eight, ten. This is like ASMR. No, so keep whispering. Yes. 26. <laughs> I've written 26 uh, in the good. Good. That's pretty good. good. 26 more stamps. 24 stamps. Get on it. All kinds of work to do. Maybe they will be coming to a mailbox near you. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> well, you would, you would know already. 
All right. Well, I think that this has been a now fantastic I'm paranoid. podcast episode. I'm not even going to do my my topic. I'm going to save it. I think we've had some great conversation already, and I don't need to bring it down with whatever I brought. So thank you, Haley and Kimmick and Alyssa and Mike Shaw. Um, thank you, listeners. We will be back again next month with another Tower After Hours episode. Okay, bye. Thank you, Kelly. Thanks, Kelly.